Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show, presented by Fox Racing. Of course, BTOsports.com. Great guys, great site. Uh, real easy to order anything you need from those guys. Uh, use the code PULPMX when you check out to save yourself money. They got OEM parts now. They got uh, all sorts of brand new uh, gear coming out. Uh, not the not the least of which is this new fly stuff we'll talk about here shortly. And uh, anything you need, man, Justin Brayton, Andrew Short on the BTO Sports KTM team. Maybe if you go to btosports.com and shop there, you will pull massive hole shots like Andrew Short. And maybe you won't crash in the second turn. Uh, and again, Fox Racing, presented by Fox Racing, the global innovation leader for motocross racewear. Continuing the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate. Their full line of 2015 stuff is out now. V3 helmet, MIPS technology. Uh, highly updated, award-winning Instinct Boot, Airspace Performance Goggle, 360 Racewear, Rocks and Dungy, just a few of the guys that wear Fox, Jimmy Dakotas, Foxhead.com, visit your local authorized Fox dealer to get all the stuff from those guys, and uh, we thank you guys for listening to this recap, and uh, after maybe a couple of weeks uh, apart, the three amigos were back together to analyze St. Louis, Supercross, and all that went down on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. I'm Steve Mathis. With me uh, somewhere in SoCal is my boss, the RacerX Online Editor, the Jason Wygant. Yeah! You're back! Back! You're in SoCal, though. Yeah, I had to come out here to do an Enduro Cross show. 48 hours of travel to do one hour of television. Fantastic. Uh, I, d- I need to do more while I'm out here. Yeah, yeah, really, right? Um, um, wh- are you going anywhere, or are you just doing the TV show? No, it just none of the schedules work out. Yeah. Like three hours here, two hours there. Around here, you know, you can't get anywhere and back. No, and, like visit anybody. Yeah, you really need to plan it. You're right. Right. So I'm just sitting in a uh, sitting in a hotel, uh, just doing my regular work. But um, I don't have to come back till May. I'll have more time to actually plan a flight that works. Oh, there we go. Also on the line, uh, he is uh, Fly Racing Zone, Jason Thomas. I am back as well. Um, I'm not really sure how I wasn't. A part of this deal last week, but I wasn't. <laughs> Here we go. I, why again? If I why again? If I told you, hey, Weege, we got the race recaps covered. Don't worry about it. Your reaction is sweet. That's <laughs> right, sweet. I got out of it. JT very upset. We we ditched him last week for Chase Stallo and uh, Swisscore. But JT was there. He you was had one. You had only one member. Of this power trio who went to the race, and you did not use him. <laughs> no. You had yourself who didn't go, and two guys who hardly ever do it, or in Swisscore's case, had he ever done the podcast before? I don't know, but JT was, wasn't available on Sunday night recording time. That was okay. it. That's the bottom line. Well, sorry, I couldn't I think do JT it at midnight. 
<laughs> JT has a legit beef here, I believe. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He does them all. He does all, every podcast show in the world. I think I heard him on uh, on Dan Lebetard. I've heard him everywhere. He does every podcast possible. Well, you you leaving me off last week was highly questionable. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, we're back. All right, so uh, let's just move on. Try to try to let that go, JT, and we'll we'll move on with our lives. Maybe. Uh, I didn't go to St. Louis, so you two just hash it out. Just talk about it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Uh, first of all, I guess uh, um, we saw another uh, Red Bull KTM sweep, which was, uh, I guess, awesome. I don't know. I watched it on TV, and, you know, when J-Mart passed Marvin back, it was like, oh, we got something. And then it was, oh, wait, no, we don't. And I don't know. First of all, though, JT, the new Fly spring release stuff you guys had looked terrific in that first turn. And then I liked the way Andrew showed off all sides of the gear, front, back, upside down. Yeah, and the, the you know safety capabilities of it as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. There you go. <laughs> it was a, it was a nice uh, nice uh, uh, spring launch, as they say. Literally, <laughs> yes. literally, yes. <laughs> spring forward. Right, right, and also too, I saw the uh, another fly rider, Wesson Pike. Uh, it looked like he took some diggers too. So. Well, we try to get some, uh, you know, some of the testing. Um, you know, we want to do real-world tests on this stuff, too. It's not just for show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a good point, right? Let's test everything. So, I guess we'll uh, we'll start with you, Weege. Uh, Dunge 1 um, certainly looked like... Uh, here I go. Here I go. If Tomac had gotten a better start, <laughs> maybe he could have done something. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. What I thought was funny though, if you had been there, it was like, um, there was this like swing. Like, I feel like early in the day, uh, in the first practice and stuff, Sealy and Tomac were really killing it. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, no matter how big a lead Dungey has, no matter how good he is, you almost tend to forget again how fast he actually is. It's like, yeah, man, Tomac and Sealy, they just crushed in practice. Look at their style. Look at what they're jumping. Oh, just sweet butter on a motorcycle. These guys are unreal. And then by the final lapse of the final practice, a couple hours later, Dungey was the fastest. It's like, oh, yeah, Dungey is pretty fast. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the Hondas swept it last week in both classes, and it's like by the end it's like, no, nope, it's still really just KTM's world. That was a nice little blip on the radar. <laughs> KTM is just completely dominant right now. They own everything. They own your house. They own your car. They own everything. Don't look, they own everything. It seems that way. They, have, they even have an electric bike, people. They got it all. Um, so, I mean, could Tomek have beaten him had he gotten the start? Yeah, I think so. Just yeah. like last week, he right. could have. Yeah. But we have to be careful, because I think you got in trouble last week. We're not saying he would have, but he could have. That's mm-hmm. We're not disrespecting Dungeon saying he got lucky because he got a start. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just, I, I mean, it's just one of those things. Like he, I, I believe that they, they can beat Dunge if they start with him. You know, they, 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 not always, but they can. Yeah. Whereas not I will. Can't. I feel like Brock Tickle, nothing against Brock Tickle. If he gets the start, I don't think he can beat Dungey. You know, I just don't think so. That's sort of the class we're in right now. So, um, all right, you guys want to just talk about the GP, or do you want to keep talking? Here, let me, let me, it's, it's, JT, it's tough right now. It's tough to talk about this series. The week off is 
I mean, maybe just because I haven't gone, but I'm I'm struggling. You? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think once you're at the race and things are going on, uh, it's not too bad. But I think, you know, even for the riders, for industry people, everyone, mm-hmm. you know, motivation's pretty low right now. But I thought the weekend was still, you know, pretty good. It was eventful. Um, just trying to, you know, watch, uh, like, see if Weston Pike's actually going to get onto the podium, which, he, you know, he ran second for a long time. So, I think there were storylines there. It's just the championship storylines are kind of missing at this point. Did you guys, did either one of you think J-Mart was going to get a little frisky? Or no? Oh, I did. Yeah? yeah? Okay. Yeah, I did not expect um, by the, honestly, by the time they got over the finish line jump at the end of that first lap and, and started going through the first rhythm after the start, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, Marvin's already pulling away. Like, Three corners ago, they were really battling. I was really surprised. I thought we were really going to be in for something, mm-hmm. and it really fizzled out quickly. JT? I really didn't just because of the way he's been riding lately. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like he's been anywhere near the form we saw at Atlanta 1. We just haven't seen that. That's not been him uh, in the last month or so. So I thought it would be between Marv and Bogle, and then when you know Bogle was back on the start, it was kind of – I just figured it was over. Now, um, the Marvin's jump definitely jacked Bogle up, right? Did, did, did you guys talk to Bogle afterwards? Did he, did he admit that? He put it on himself. He did? I don't know okay. if that's true, but that's what he told me. Okay. It's his fault. Yep. But Marvin, how could he not have messed him up? Once I right? saw the TV show, it was pretty obvious. Yeah, I would think so, too. What do you think, JT? I actually couldn't see it. I, I didn't see it. Well, what about the TV show? I haven't seen the TV show. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah it, it, Marvin flinches first, and then Bogle flinches after, but Marvin flinched early enough to kind of get back in line and be okay by the time the gate mm-hmm. dropped where Bogle was too late, and it definitely messed Weech, up. Weech, how come you haven't got Hansel or Chase or somebody to look at this KTM dominance and go back to the 80s and see what Honda did, even at Nationals or Kawasaki at Nationals, you know, um, and see if there's ever been this kind of domination in both classes. I mean, obviously, the with the satellite teams, those aren't the same teams. But, you know, you did have James on 125s. And I guess 250s, you wouldn't have had anybody then, I don't think, who was winning. But, you know, or Honda, Mickey Diamond, RJ, those days. Have we done we any? We focus pretty close on, uh, on um, the teams winning in one night of Supercross, and it doesn't happen very often. Um I don't know if it had, now I got to think of it again. I don't know if it had ever happened two consecutive weeks. We had listed every time it had happened in like I think since 2000 on. Um, the but, Nationals thing. But you weren't counting like Mitch Payton and Factory Cow. No, we were right. not. We yeah, were yeah, saying you know yeah. it had to be the same tent. So right. it had to be you know Wyndham or Larocco winning for Geico, you know, and a, yep. and a, a 125 guy. Um, and Suzuki had some in, with Millsaps, Carmichael, Dungey, Hepler, that combination. Oh, Hepler. Yeah, Hepler. Uh, Hepler. As uh, Ken Fought, who was working PR for Suzuki at the time, said, and we won the 125s with, with Sellards. <laughs> what? <laughs> Didn't know the name of the guy on his own team. They were so, it was really just Carmichael's team, and there were some other guys on it. So the PR guy said, Brock Sellards. Right. One. Uh, but, yeah, actually, you're right. Now that they've won so many more times, we need to revisit it from a totally different angle. Like, forget Supercross. Like, all-time, any type of racing. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure, like, RJ and Diamond did it a bunch, you know. Maybe they did it two, three weeks in a row. I don't know. This is now three out of four weeks. I'd say it's probably more rare Sorry, four, than you think. Four out of five weeks, right? 
Yes. They did it three times in a row, then they? Yeah. I, I confuse myself on the numbers, too. I thought they had done it five times total. Maybe it's four out of five. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, no, four out of five. They did three weeks in a row. Did they do it in Phoenix or something? I don't know. Maybe they did it earlier this year. But with no, they wouldn't have just Justin Hill would have been there. Anyways, Why is Dallas? Did they both win in Dallas or no? I don't know. I can look. That that's the forgotten one. I don't understand. I'm, I'm confused. Um. Yeah, they did. They won in Dallas. Yeah. I don't get it. On a TV show, they just didn't count Dallas. Did they forget? Do you want to do you, do you, do you want to start it five times in the race report? Then I watch it on TV and they say four. I'm like, what? Do you, okay, so we have Dallas, one of the Atlantas, Daytona, uh, Indy, Indy, and, and St. Louis. Louis. That's five. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, just, uh, you know, there was, uh, yeah, no. So, yeah, five and seven weeks. Five yeah. and seven weeks, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, it's pretty crazy. JT, it's almost like the BTO team sweeping Toronto. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, who can forget You're reaching that? reaching a bit. Who can forget Skinner, Cunningham, and help me? Matt Bonney. Matt Bonney sweeping Toronto. Um, I don't know if they're anything close to each other, but it's, it's well, pretty damn impressive by B- KTM. I'll give them that. BTO gives us a lot of money, and this is a BTO sweep. So let's just work that I'll in. Take it. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, okay, hey, so Anderson's back on the podium and rode well. So first podium since Anaheim, which I think that takes us all by surprise, right? I mean, after Anaheim won, okay, maybe you're not thinking, oh, man, Jason Anderson's going to win races and he's going to be – Pretty surprising that it took 12 more rounds before he got on the podium, huh, JT? Yeah, certainly leaving Anaheim 1, I wouldn't have thought right. we'd, it, it would have taken this long. Yeah. Uh, I would have thought he'd had a race win after watching him Anaheim 1. But, you know, it's, it's weird. It's a long season. Um, he's had some crashes, but he really just didn't show the intensity or the speed or anything that he did early in the, you know, in the year for, mm-hmm. I would say, months at a time, uh, which was strange. Uh, but he was certainly good this weekend. Uh, the interesting thing I thought was if uh, Tomac had gotten around him when he got to him originally, yeah. I think maybe he could have made a run on Dungy. But uh, Jason Anderson ran Tomac wide before that triple, and it really yeah. seemed to throw his momentum off and kind of changed the, out- the outcome of the race. I don't know if he would have beat Dungy or not, but I think it certainly would have added some excitement. Yeah, Eli said that on the TV show, that that really kind of – that was a turning point for him. He was really moving forward fast. Yeah. And, and you uh, could really see it. it. It seemed to mentally kind of throw him off. I don't mm-hmm. know if he got just frustrated or mad or right. what happened, but he rode really poorly for two or three laps afterwards and mm-hmm. then finally kind of got it back together and started moving ahead again. But, you know, all of his momentum, just like you and, and he said, uh, kind of went out the window at that point. Weege, uh, Pike got fifth, which is great. You know, I mean, look, Wesley Pike got fifth. But are we? Is it a little bit of a letdown for how he was second? I'm not a trainer. I don't have the knowledge um, that those guys do as far as really being able to analyze workloads and all that. But I'm wondering if it's starting to turn a corner now, and that might not be fair to say. But I'm wondering if it's turning a corner where, you know, a, a month ago he was doing this exact same thing, and we're like, hey, he's been off the bike for a long time. It's mm-hmm. going to take a while um, for him to get fit. Now maybe it is not possible in the middle of the season, even a month later to have really improved his fitness for 20 laps that much. It, it appears that he hasn't it, – it's still basically the same type of race, right? He goes almost as fast as a leader for three or four laps. Mm-hmm. Five through ten, it starts getting sketch, and then ten through 20, he's just done. Mm-hmm. 
so I don't know. Like, on the outside, I'm sure people are thinking, okay, when's this guy actually going to get in shape? But I don't know. Maybe you can't uh, make up for that during the season. However, I'm starting to wonder, with all the Chuck Norris stuff that we say about Pike and everything, I mean, he rides 50% harder than everyone around him. He rides so damn hard. It is definitely not uh, an energy-conserving riding style. And I wonder, when he gets a start and he wants it so bad, as we know, if uh, that also hurts him a little bit. What do you think, JT? Yeah, we were talking about that earlier this morning at work. Um, it just seems like his, his riding is so inefficient that he's got to push so much harder than the guys around him. And I still think he's in that spot where to go the, the pace of the lead, you know, the lead pace, he's got to ride almost above 100%. And I know mathematically it's impossible, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but it seems like he's riding at a, an unsustainable effort where Tomac, Dungey, uh, whoever you want to insert in there, are riding at a pace that is you know, something they're comfortable with, something they can maintain and, and ride the whole race at. So you can, you can literally see him drop off. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just impossible for him to stay at that pace, I think, at this point. Yeah. You know, which I mean, I mean, I guess, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's not like he sucks or something. You know what I mean? It's just he's got work to do. I mean, he, I talked to him about it, and he didn't make any excuses. He said, I, I should be good now, you know, to do my full workload during the week and everything else. So, Well, I think he could back it down. Time. Sorry. Go ahead, JT. No, I was just saying, I think he could back it down a little bit and do 20 laps at a pace, uh, you know, a little bit less than where he's at now. But he wants to be at the front. He wants to go with the leaders. And I just don't – I think he has to try too hard right now, which, which that will come. You know, mm-hmm. the more and more he rides at that pace, the more he will be comfortable there and, and the less effort it will take for him to do it. But just right now I think it's like a full-out, you know, almost riding over his head type mm-hmm. effort to, to be there. Hmm. What, what was up with uh, your guy Chad Reed this weekend, JT? Very uh... – Bad weekend. Yeah. Bad day all day. Yeah. Never, never felt good. Never rode good. Wasn't uh, was he rode well? I should say, uh, just was a bad day. I mean, even in the truck, he was not in a good mood. Wasn't I don't know, just not nothing really good went on all day. <laughs> no, no, I'd say so. <laughs> you know, just kind of rode kind of invisible a little bit, going yeah, by just, TV. You know, just an off day. I mean, yeah. completely. There's no, there was no, no one in the truck that was would have told you differently either. Yeah, uh, Josh Grant was good though. Again, Weege. Yeah, but I have one small issue. He's been riding really well, and I totally admit, you know, I talked a lot of crap on his recent Supercross results over the years, and he's definitely doing a lot better now. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to take any of that away. But like, he's riding much better, and his results are much better uh, than recent years in Supercross. But on the TV show, they interview him at the end, and he's like, I just need to, you know, get a start, you know, and then I could be up there with those guys. This, this sport is ridiculous with that. He got a start. <laughs> he got beat by guys that passed him. This is not just a Josh Grant thing. This is an everyone thing. Right. The start was not the problem. The start was fine. If he finished where he started, he would have finished ahead of where he finished. So how can you blame the start when you get passed by three guys? This is, and then it's like, oh, see, you know, I made some mistakes early. It was hard to stay with them. What, you started ahead. How could you blame the start? Now you're going to get JT and I into a big fight because this is where I get upset when I hear riders say, ah, just, you know, still working on my setup. Uh, I'm still working on my bike, you know, and I just go, come on, bro. Look, Chisholm, I like Kyle Chisholm. All three of us are friends with Kyle Chisholm. He gave an interview where he said he's still getting used to his bike, still discovering new things about his Cowie. 
at 13 weeks in, in this, into the Supercross. I mean, look, and again, like I said, it's just these guys got to well, tell themselves what they tell themselves. I mean, I saw someone tweet him that, and he responded very unkindly to them questioning that. So I would tread lightly. What? 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 I didn't see this. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. Oh, okay. No, I, I, Chiz or Grant? Uh, Chiz. Oh. I, I mean, I'll, I'll call Chisholm tonight on the Pulp Show, and we'll have it out right on the air. Okay. I, I don't want to hear it. I, how many hours do you think he has on a Kawasaki? You know? Oh, I don't know. I, right. I, I, uninvolved. Just. <laughs> he likes his. I like Irv. <laughs> yeah. um, I like um, No, I just. So Grant saying he needs to get a start. Kyle saying he's still working on his bike. Other riders saying, you know, my setup was a little off. This is just stuff they have to tell themselves after the race. I believe Grant did. Didn't Grant start ahead of Celian uh, Tomac? For sure, he did, right? If that's the guy, the guy who went to the race. Yeah, I mean, um, the, the I lap, honestly, oh, the, actually, the lap chart has him in, in fifth, and then has him in fourth. I will honestly claim ignorance because I was worried about short. He he was, <laughs> he was no a, being uh, being completely honest. Like I was I was. Yeah, he was really worried about if he was okay, so I wasn't really paying attention. He was ahead of Tomac and Sealy. Yep, both. Right. So, okay, Tomac we know is a dynamo. Tomac's going to be hard for anybody to hold back. Maybe even Dungey wouldn't have been able to do it. We're not sure. Okay, so I understand that one. But Sealy passed him as well. I'm not saying Sealy is a slouch, but Sealy hasn't won a race either. So it just seems hard to claim that if you had just gotten a better start, you could have finished better when you got passed by dudes. When you bring this up to him, though, Weege, it often turns into that you're the dick. Oh, absolutely. That's why, I mean, I just have to hope he doesn't listen to this because I'll be a dick. I mean, I'm only pointing out facts. His Supercross results were not good the last couple of years. Right. I'm now pointing out the fact that they actually have been good. Totally willing to admit that. It just seems crazy to get a good Because I haven't seen Josh Grant get a good start in Supercross in ages. So on the first lap, I'm like, wow, yeah. what's going to happen here? He right. actually got a good start. That was running through my mind. And then a day later, I watched the show, and he's like, if I'd only gotten, I need to get better starts. And I'm like, what? I found you're right. It's it's part of the mental game for these guys. They almost cannot be honest with themselves. What are you going to say? I'm not fast enough. I got blown away. Like no one's ever going to say that. I found the tweet. How can you say you've been still getting used to the cow? It's been three months since the season started. Come on, bro. That would be me. That wasn't me, but that'd be exactly what I would say. (laughs) And and Kyle says "Uh, because I started riding it a week before the season started, bro. Well, I don't care. That's still 14 weeks. That's 14 weeks on a motorcycle. During the week, a couple times during the week. Come on. Come on. Here's my, oh, wait. Okay, I found what I wanted to find on the lap chart here. On lap two, Grant was in fourth. Millsaps is in ninth. At the end of the race, Millsaps was all over Grant trying to get around him. So he was getting caught by dudes that started significantly five positions behind him. You cannot blame the start. Well, JT is an ex-racer, and I'm sure he told himself all sorts of things to, to lie to himself and fool himself. Frank probably didn't, but JT probably did. <laughs> you have to do it, I guess. I guess you just have to do it in some. Yeah, there is a lot of that. There, yeah, there just yeah. A, there is, man. You there know? is a lot of uh, it was never my fault type stuff, or you know, I, and and maybe this is where somewhere somebody like Weimer is. I mean, I, you guys have talked to Jake. He's hard on himself, and he's honest. And maybe that's held him back. I mean, look, he's got a two fifty Supercross title, and he's been a factory rider for you know five years or whatever. But maybe that's holding him back. I don't know. That's a whole nother issue. Because Weimer will be like, man, I'm terrible. You know, I, I can't get a st- – I, I stalled it. Like he, he told me, you know, before he got hurt. 
It's not really my starts, Mathis, or my crashes. I've been stalling it. Like, I'm an idiot. I stall my bike. <laughs> you know, like, other guys would come in maybe and throw their hands at their mechanic and be like, you know, the bike's jacked up. So, I No, it's totally true. Andrew Short, honest to a fault. It's really the qualities that you want in a person or a friend or a coworker are not mm-hmm. really, they don't really work for racing. Or, pro, or maybe pro athletics in general, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, right. I mean, how many times has Short told you when he gets a hole shot or has to jump something that he's scared? Like, yeah, 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 exactly. That's not, that's, not, that's not good for this particular job. No, no. Let's talk about that a little bit. So Shorty said his bike, nothing happened to his bike. They checked it out. I don't know if that's just a cover story or not, but that was a weird crash, JT. That was weird. Well, the bike started up and ran, but whether something happened, he didn't know. So it's, who knows, you know, well, he, he couldn't really remember what happened. It's, he said it happened too fast. So. But, but you, well, I guess you didn't watch TV show. It was a weird crash. I, yes. It well, was. I, I watched it over and over slow motion on our, on our oh, race okay. video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know what went on there. I don't know if that's like a hiccup or a, a Well, he should never have been that far forward. Yeah, was true. my contention. When he lands on the gas, he's forward. The bike yeah. should accelerate, pushing him back. Yeah, so he yeah. should never ever be able to be that far forward. So, so what? Yeah, what threw him that way? Yeah, my race logic from years and years of racing, not looking at dad and not looking at anything, mm-hmm. that's not normal. Right, like something didn't accelerate. I'm not saying the bike cut out. I'm not saying it bogged. Yeah, saying it did yeah. anything. I'm just saying that's what happens when the bike doesn't go forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly a weird so. crash. But right. thankfully, he's, right. he's all right. The re- they pushed it off. The rear wheel was locked up. Um, now, whether that was from a bent shifter. Or yeah, that, a, was from, that was from the crash. Okay, yeah. For sure. Um, and Brayton, what happened to Brayton? He was up there. Uh, we, he must have fell early. They didn't show it. Uh, yeah, I talked to him, and he admitted, <laughs> right back on this topic, <laughs> and, and Brayton's right in between. He, okay, Brayton hasn't won a race. He's not quite, you know, Dungey, Reed, James Stewart, Ryan Villapoto level. He's not a slouch either. He's not a full-on Weimer where he just beats himself up. Mm-hmm. You'll never hear him saying, I should be winning these races, but you never hear him fully admit that he's not on the level. Right. Right in that void. <laughs> um, but he had to begrudgingly this time. I saw him in the airport as I stalked him, of course, Sunday morning, and he just had to say, like, yeah, I'm just not up to running that pace yet. Like, he had a really good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not quite there yet. There, now, there. as far as the crash, a couple laps later, mm-hmm. He crashed, and then this is a weird situation I've never seen before. He ends up off the track next to the finish line jump, and you're always allowed to ride around the jump, you know, as long uh-huh. as you don't gain position. Right. But he got halfway past it, and then he realized, wait, if my transponder doesn't trip, they probably won't count this lap. And then we all know it's not like the officials will ever Bro, sort it out. There's Cindy Thomas there taking laps. This is a woman with the highest integrity, the sharpest mind out there. <laughs> It would be I, fine. I, I'm sure she knows how to mark it down on the sheet. It's what happens after it's marked down. <laughs> will, it, will they go back No. revise the results? I trust so Cindy. He rides halfway down, you know, past the finish line jump, then does a 180, turns around, <laughs> goes, goes back onto the track. <laughs> at that he, point, he, I, never really even, he never even did crash. That was the funniest part of all that. I guess at that point, who really cares? Right? <laughs> like, you're like, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. He said he bounced into the, the, you know, the beast that the – Morning mm-hmm. tower thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He did. You yeah, saw it? Like with this, yeah, I watched the whole thing. Does he it move at all? The turn. JT was watching the, the new fly gear. He was watching the new fly gear. Spring, <laughs> spring launch. Well, Shorty was out, so he was the only BTO KTM guy left. So I was watching him a little more closely. Uh, but he shot right. Like he, he kind of spun coming out of the turn. 
hit those whoops where uh, Weston Pike had a big get-off in practice as well and went straight right into the hay bales, blew through those successfully, uh, but then that kind of put him off balance where he couldn't get on the brakes, and then he broke. He was on the brakes directly into the tower. He kind of like bounced those off of it with his front wheel. It's really weird. Um, hmm. And then he kind of, the only way to get out of that was to go to the right, so then he was like, went to go around the tower, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's a bad idea. So then he did a donut, <laughs> and it went all the way back down, and then, Finagled his way back through the hay bales. Did he stop for a lemonade? Strange. Did, did he stop for a lemonade or a, a hot dog? And <laughs> also in there, I think he high fived Dirt Shark. Right. Because um, <laughs> yeah, there's no reason. I th- I mean, I think Brayton could be Grant Millsap's read. At, you know, looking at the results from this weekend, you know, there's no reason why he can. I mean, Blake Baggett was under the weather all week and got a tenth. You know, so Brayton should be right in that mix. I don't know if he can go any higher than that right now with missing all this time, but he can be right there. Yeah, he had a rough few laps at the beginning. It wasn't wasn't right. going real well for him. I'm not sure if he was just struggling. I mean, the heat race was fine. He rode well. But those first few laps before the incident weren't weren't great. Do you feel like he was looking at himself and down at his gear in his new spring launch? Five gear? <laughs> I don't I don't know what he was doing. I mean, I don't think he was really happy with how the first few laps went. Right. Um, because he got the start. You know, he had every opportunity. I just think he kind of tightened up or mm-hmm. didn't feel comfortable. Um, At least he didn't say that he didn't get the start. There you go. <laughs> we just back onto that. We just really onto <laughs> that today. Well, um, well I'll get to another one. We're going to get to him, I'm sure, in a second. I mean, Brock Tickle is not a good starter. He's just not a good starter. He's never been a good starter. That's kind of his deal. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, he does get one. And, I mean, a lot of times you're like, man, if he would just get better starts, I wonder what he would do. But we did see the unfortunate David Villeman example here of, he got a good start this time, but he ended up finishing right where he ended yeah. up finishing anyway. Yeah, he admitted afterwards it wasn't a great race for him. He wasn't pumped on it, you know? Right. So there's a lot of work here, you know, like the comfort zone almost of like, this is the thing that Villeman always said, why would I hole shot? If I'm going to finish fifth, I might as well just start fifth. Yeah. No, I'd rather start 10th and work the fifth, and everybody says that's a great race. I mean, I think that happens right. to some of these guys. Yeah. That's exactly the game plan. Um, Baggett was sick all week, right? Got a 10th, yeah. so yep. not, not too bad. Chisholm, speaking of Chisholm, 11th. That's two 11ths in a row for him, uh, which is season best. So there's a lot of dudes right now who are taking advantage of some injuries out there. You know, in good form. Yeah. In good form, you know, and to nap, Archer. Um, you know, when you're picking Fantasy Moto and you're stamping, uh, you're just stamping um, Ronnie Stewart in the main event. Or Kyle, you know, not Partridge, but you're stamping and to nap in the main event. Yeah, it's good for those guys. Make some, make some points. Make some money. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, hey, so Nicoletti, Nicoletti told me that he, uh, St. Louis was going to be his last race. Now, Weed, you, I think you tweeted something about that's not for sure. That that's not even. We're not even sure that he's coming back. That Barsha's coming back yet. Yeah, I was actually in the truck uh, when Phil was talking about it. It was hilarious. Only Phil would be a replacement rider who is almost trying to convince the team, oh, come on, he'll be ready by then. <laughs> <laughs> but that was literally it, because I think J-Bone said Barsha's only ridden a few days. Mm-hmm. You know, So by the time you add up with the break, you know, it could be potentially two whole weeks, which is, should be enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. But they're, like, you know, they're just being very gener- gentle right now. Like, well, we don't know. He's only ridden like two days. We don't know yet. And Phil's <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So, 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 it's, your tweet. I thought your tweet made it to sound a little bit more likely that that Phil rides. But if this is fifty fifty, if you were to 
say it, or, or do you think it's uh, ask J Bone is fifty fifty? It seemed to be ninety ten from Phil's perspective. Yeah, <laughs> this the, the Barsha pie. <laughs> Yeah, Marsh Pie. Now, another hilarious thing happened. Uh, Jeremy Martin was in there. This is so classic Phil. Phil then starts just destroying Jeremy Martin for apparently being the worst starter in the history of the sport. I didn't. Have you ever noticed this? Is Jeremy exceptionally bad? No, but Phil was – I put something in observations earlier about Phil destroying Alex Martin for being the worst starter, and why are you going to waste your time if you're just going to let the gate drop and, and you yeah. not go? Right. So he's just saying how bad he is at starts. And I'm like, I never noticed this. He's like, you need to pay attention. Look at how bad a starter he is. He never gets a good start, ever. He's terrible. And I'm like, the guy won the darn national title. How bad can he be at starts? He's yeah. like, he's terrible. He's terrible at starts. He's so bad at starts. <laughs> so, of course, what right. happens about three hours later? Right. Whole shot, Jeremy Martin. That's just like Phil. This is Phil's black cloud. <laughs> so good. Right. And then um, – Jeremy and I are making fun of Phil after the race. I'm interviewing him, and then, of course, Phil happens to come ambling over at just that moment. Mm-hmm. Just, it's always perfect. I'm telling you, Phil and Alex can go on the road, like, as a comedy duo, yeah. where they just rip into each other. I uh, feel bad for Jeremy because I feel like, you know, on the East where Alex isn't racing, Jeremy has to fill in the role. Right. And <laughs> Jeremy isn't... mercilessly ripped on. He's a pretty quiet dude. You know, there's not a lot of... Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Not a lot of, uh, um, you know. I don't. I don't. Know, I don't know him that well, but I don't think there's a lot of like give back by him. He just sort of sits there, you know, while Phil rips into him. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, it's kind of like that. I mean, he's smiling, but yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't battle it out. <laughs> no, no, he's just not. He's gonna let just Phil, you know, go on him and yeah, and destroy him. So yeah. Um, what else? Uh, what else, guys, caught your eye from uh, St. Louis? Hey, I got a. Oh, couple- I got something great. Okay, this is perfect for this call. All right. Uh, I have discovered Jason Thomas's gift to the sport, paying it forward. Mm-hmm. He's left something behind and has uh, helped all riders in the most important things, which is injury recovery and prevention. Mm-hmm. So uh, JT knows where I'm going with this. I'm in the JGR pits, of course, trying to get breakfast or drinks or something like that in the morning. And I hear what I swear is someone banging on a hammer. And I'm like, are you guys still making aluminum fuel, fuel tanks over here? Like, what is that sound? And they're like, oh, they're get- that's the pad attack. <laughs> What's the pad attack? They're like, they got A-Rod under the pad attack. Come, we'll show you. So I go into the back of the truck, and there is this dude beating the shit out of Anthony Rodriguez. <laughs> and they're like, you don't know Pat? Uh, so Pat is this, uh, then they ended up showing him on the TV. You saw him working on Pike. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, so I start talking to the guy, and do you know where the pad attack was birthed? Where Pat made his introduction? Who was his pathway into the pro pits? Our very own Jason Thomas. Hmm. That's, that's correct. Yep. JT's guy. J- yep. Pat used then, to uh, beat the crap out of you after Frank or before Frank? <laughs> no, Pat, Pat kind of specializes um, in, in injury prevention and recovery, as we've said. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started working with him in 2004. And uh, yeah, I just you know, met him at a local track in Indiana. He was working on some guys there, um, and just, you know, we hit it off, and he would come to races he could get to and help me out. You know, I had a, I was kind of suffering with a knee injury at the time, mm-hmm. um, so he worked on that, and he's just a great guy. He, you know, he doesn't make any money off this. He just loves to help out. So um, as I kind of transitioned out of racing, him, uh, he and Weston have gotten much closer, and, and Weston's kind of uh, – in the role I was where, you know, Weston's his main guy and I was his main guy used to be. So, 
Uh, he he does a lot of great things. He works on a lot of guys at the races too. It's it's funny that it's just kind of getting out now because it's been going on for a really long time. So it's like a acupuncture. Yeah, kind of just like that. Well, it's well, it is really because he's he's into a lot of uh, more Eastern techniques like pressure point stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Pike probably but, loves it. He, yeah, it's it's really more just pain management and <laughs> getting you through injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's things that he can help. It's like blood flow and a lot of things that just allow you to continue racing where, a, you know, a normal doctor would say, hey, we need to operate on this right now. You know, a lot of us racers are kind of like, eh, that's not really an option. I'm going to go race anyway. So mm-hmm. he's just really good at making that happen. Hmm. What he was working on, like A-Rod, you know, had a torn ACL a couple years ago. So he is just working over uh, Rodriguez's quads, and he is scre- like, A-Rod is screaming. Screaming in pain. He's massaging him so hard. You know, this is the deep tissue massage. This isn't where you go to the spa for. And he could identify what he's like, you ever tear this ACL? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I can feel the scar tissue here. I can feel that you're, this is tight here because you were compensating for it. Then he worked on his shoulder and he's like, this is your bicep tendon. This is where you're going to have a problem. And then he like touches it with like his index finger, not even putting in any effort at all. And then again, screaming from the client. <laughs> um, but then okay. as soon as he was done, he's like, I feel better. I immediately, you need to call Pat, JT, and Pat needs a nickname, like the other doctors in the pits. So, you know, uh, Dr. Lightning, Dr. Five Fingers, you know, something catchy, so he can go out and perform his magic and have a nickname. All right. So, get on that. The last thing is he's, uh, what is he? A ninth degree black belt and nine? Uh, I believe eight. It's either eight or nine. He may have got an, he was eight for a long time, but maybe nine now. Just picked up a side. <laughs> well, you know. So okay, so let me. Get, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna. As you get more and more degrees of black belts, it becomes like specialty items. Um, you know, so you swords and all kinds of different weaponry and stuff. So come on, bro. Uh, I'm serious. Okay. No, it's real, dude. Yeah, sure. Um, they said he could kill you eight way eight, the, eight times in one minute. He could get uh, to eight kill points. I guarantee you, Koi has told him how to be a black belt. <laughs> I guarantee you, Coy has told him all about how he's doing everything wrong. If you want black belt, and let me show you what to do, because <laughs> Coy Gibbs knows everything. So, yes. Yes. so, um, all right. So yeah, I saw that on TV. They use that, and actually, uh, when Jenny said acu acupressure, what is it? Is it acupressure? Uh, there's there's both. There's she, acupressure and acupuncture. No, I know, but she called it acupressure. And I'm like, Jenny, it's acupuncture. Come on. But I believe there's there's No, two... it, it turned out it, she said not acupuncture right after I thought that. Right. Like, whatever this guy is saying. So. Right. Um, so, yeah, get him get him a nickname. Doc, I think Dr. Five Fingers is good if he's a if Well, he's I a don't think belt. that I want to discount his value so you can make fun of him. So I just I'm, think we're going to leave I'm it not. I'm, I'm saying that these guys need names and little websites and little logos. No, 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 no I, I know your angle on this. I'm just going to leave <laughs> Pat out of that. Okay, all right. Uh, says the man who came up with uh, Dr. Pepper on one of these podcasts. <laughs> that was you. You did say that. I do, but that's, that's my friend I'm protecting. Okay. Um, anybody deal with Entenap? Anybody, anybody have any S7-deuce-deuce? Run-ins? I got Alex Ray some some new fly racing gear. Yeah, Weege, another privateer in fly gear. I like fly. <laughs> Absolutely, you do. I don't feel like you guys had the privateer guys covered enough, JT. I'm glad you stepped up and got it Alex. It was a Ray. weak segment for us. It was absolutely. <laughs> when, when you look at where you guys need to focus, it's on that group. 
Well, uh, you know what? We try to take care of the guys that need help. So Alex Ray was a man in need. Mm-hmm. Who am I to turn him away? Uh, did, will he be getting a pink fly helmet? Well, I believe you're referring to the ALS-2. Well, and we, we have an F-2. And if you continue making fun of me helping Alex Ray, I will say F you. I, I, I am not making fun. You brought it up. <laughs> um, Alex Ray likes to wear a pink helmet. This is established. This is fact. Um, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, so, yeah, no seven deuce deuce run-ins. Nobody has any stories. Okay. Nope. Uh, Andrew Short's okay, right, JT? He's fine. Going to race? Fine, yeah. Yeah, 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 he's good. He's actually testing in California this week. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Uh, all right, let's take a commercial break here. BTOsports.com, a RacerX podcast presented by Fox Race. And listen to this commercial from Racetech. Save yourself some money on uh, Racetech suspension mods. And I guarantee you jerkies need it. And we'll be right back here. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com, a RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore. Some of the guys just using uh, Race Tech Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Race Tech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Race Tech? Go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. And we're back! BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast show with Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant, and me, Steve Mathis, in a few weeks, but we're all back. It's all back. We, we replaced you one week, Weege, with Albertson. So, you did a good I, job. I did listen to that one. I only got about five minutes into the Detroit one. I ran out of time, but I did listen to Indy. <laughs> you did a good job. I got five minutes into Chase and Swiss Corps and had to go. <laughs> yeah, I ran out of time. <laughs> Asshole. Uh, well, there was the R.J. Um, uh, Stanton thing I had to listen to, too. It was, oh, that I was getting, running out of time. That was good, though. Yes. Um, hey, so two, you guys want to talk about 250s or GPs? What do you want to talk oh, about? I didn't really see uh, the GPs. I saw the Saturday qualifier. I didn't see Sunday's race, so I don't have much for okay. you on that one. Um, 250s, good job by Marvin. Good job by Martin. Savachi rode all right. Uh, Bogle got a bad start. A-Rod's figuring this thing out. Dakotas is doing well. Reslin, career best for him. Um, Kyle Cunningham is straightening himself out. Good job by Jay Solon once again to get ninth. Kyle Peters continuing his strong season. Good showing by Dakota Alex, although he was further up there before he dropped back a little bit. Jordan Smith, uh, did you guys see his uh, heat race uh, miscue? Yeah, on the wow. concrete. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he, he almost died. That was lucky. Oh, oh RJ, RJ Hampshire, did, what he did? I didn't see his crash. What what happened? Any either you two see it? Pretty much the same as 
Brock Tickle on the same exact jump on the same exact track as Toronto, uh, 2014. Uh, and that was the second time he had crashed on that same jump. Basically just went over the bars on that, uh, after the first, after the start, mm-hmm. same thing kind of short did, but, uh, there was the little three hop and then triple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stu was, uh, Stu was, uh, tripling, right? And then triple again? Uh, no, they were all doing it. Everyone was going. Well, what was Stu doing in Toronto? I can't remember. He was doing three uh, before the finish, which Justin Brayton was the only rider to do in the night's racing. He was just riding around by himself in 18th and decided to triple in. <laughs> into, um, the, into the split lane? Yes, split lane on the right side. Now, Stu was doing something with those little rollers where he was like wheel tapping and putting it down and, and tripling again. Okay, well, this would what you're talking about everyone was doing on this version of that Oh, track. okay. All right. Yeah. But RJ crashed, got up. And then a couple laps later, crashed again there, but then ended up knocking himself out. Yeah, uh, bummer. How's I mean, how's Ferry handling these his star riders? Right yeah, now? it's got to be stressful. <laughs> um. All right. Anything else about uh, two these? Well, you really summed it up well. That was in, that was incredible. I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're really struggling with this right now. I wasn't there. I got nothing to offer. You two guys are silent. So let's just move on. You'll be fine. When you go to Houston, you'll be fine. There's, there's, there's still plenty to see and do at these races. It's, it's fine. Who was the most impressive guy in 250 class that well, – let me go this Harvard way. Muskan. No, <laughs> that people will not really talk about. Like years from now, was there somebody or something that stood out that were, 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 you know, most of the people are not going to notice this kind of stuff? Like an A-Rod ride for fifth or Reslin for seventh? or Did somebody I come from the – The Ripple was fast. Ripper? In practice, he was really fast, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel bad almost for Ripa. I feel like he's set his uh, the, the mold has been set with him. Like he's actually results wise, I would assume he's way better this year. He had a couple off ones to start it, but he's been pretty much like sixth is his worst now, um, and I think that's a lot better for him. But I almost feel like the die has been set, and no uh, team or sponsors are necessarily going to give him a look. Um, I, mean, I guess it would depend on if he can do anything outdoors, which he hasn't ever. But He's really improved, and Rensland, Rensland's had a lot of hits and a lot of injuries, and mm-hmm. then every other week he comes back and has a better result. So I think he's been under the radar, sneaky good. Jace Owen, too. Good job by him. He's figuring yeah, it yeah. out. I mean, we all, all three of us have talked about him having talent and being fast, but he couldn't put it together, you know, but he has. So what's yeah, and don't forget, remember last year, I mean, did he get benched? Or something along those lines? I don't know. He did. Yes. He I, did. I, I don't know if he got benched or he benched himself or if it was Joe Gibbs and Coy benched him. Like they're going to, you know, like they did with Barsha. Oh, there was a bench Barsha involved. Bench. You know, because Barsha wasn't, Barsha's not hurt. I don't know if you guys knew that. Oh, is he benched? He got benched. Oh. For Phil. Well, it's, it's true. He he wasn't performing up to the standards they expected. That yeah. is true. No, so just what, they, what they've always talked about. Yep. So. A little motivation. <laughs> uh, yeah, so to bounce back, okay. not from yeah. like injury or like whatever was going on with Owen last year must have been exceptionally bad. Not even hurt, just like no, don't even race. <laughs> well, he or wore X brand. Go- he wore X brand goggles, and I paid, so I paid extra attention to him last year. I built his goggles and stuff. Yeah, he would start up there. He would put in good times, but he just didn't look like he was in shape at all. Whether he was battling an injury or not, I don't know. But a lot of going backwards by Jace Owen. I agree. Right. So he's figured that out. Right. So that's what usually yeah. that's. Like the death knell, you know right. what I mean. So you can you can heal up from injuries, but if you're not in shape, 
Okay. Like I said with Jimmy D, it's like the die is cast. So I just thought of some. I, saw, I thought of some good, interesting bench racing questions for you two jerkies. All right. If you, if they wanted JT, always throws in the salary here, so I'm going to disclaim this first. So the same salary, okay, and you're a team owner. Are you picking up Mitchell Oldenburg or Colt Nichols next year? Who are you picking up? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve judgment because here we I go. See, waffle, waffle, no, waffle, waffle, waffle. Listen, if you would shut your mouth, I'll give you reasons why. Waffle. I want to see what Mitchell Mitchell Oldenburg does outdoors this year because I felt like there were some some breakthrough rides. I mean, he led Indiana for a bit last year. I know it was muddy and whatever. Um, so I want to see if that continues or if he builds off of that. Mm-hmm. But I also, I've been really impressed with Colt Nichols too. So, um, I'm going to, you know, right now I think it's neck and neck. I think you're flipping a coin, but Oldenburg could really turn some head outdoors if he, you know, continues on the pace he had last year at times. Oldenburg, Nichols, or Jimmy D. I would say... I would say both of those other two because I think they'll beat Jimmy D outdoors. Okay. Weege? Yeah, yeah, and they're um, they're a little bit younger. I mean, Nichols, this actually is his first year. He's kind of not thought of as a rookie because he could have raced last year, but he decided to race the full arena cross last year, mm-hmm. so it makes him kind of like a like a half rookie. Like right. He was a professional rider last year, just not in Supercross. But i got to figure those guys are still pretty new. You would think their ceiling is higher. Right now, I would pick Nichols just on. I mean, he's he's had some crashes and weirdo results and inconsistencies mm-hmm. as well. This weekend wasn't good for him, but I feel like Oldenburg has been even more of a unbelievably fast and then yard sale. Mm-hmm. Um, so either one, you're just hoping they could figure it out. But I feel like Nichols is maybe a few percentage points, maybe closer to making you think he will figure it out. Okay, it's tough to crash more than Oldenburg's been crashing. Exactly, <laughs> Nichols has been. Crash prone and inconsistent, yet less crashing and more <laughs> consistent than Oldenburg. Right. Welcome to 250 Supercross, right? Um, yeah, especially in the East. Uh, you have a lot, got a lot of guys that don't have the same experience, I feel. JT, I'm assuming, I'm just going to assume here that you killed it in Fantasy Moto with uh, Sean Reif? Uh, no. <laughs> he will never be on my team. He finally came through, though. It's somewhat. Somewhat. I don't... I pretend that he doesn't exist in my fantasy world. <laughs> you, just, you just gloss over him? Yes. Right. What you is ever in the, You ever looked a shark in the eye? Right. Sean Reif, uh, uh, we just, is a known fantasy moto killer. Uh, fast in oh, practice. Okay. Fast in practice. Fast in, you know, for a few laps here and there. And just can't put it together. This weekend he got it together to make a main. So. Yeah, and he was pretty solid there at an LCQ. I feel like mm-hmm. that was the best ride, the best succession of laps I've seen him put in. Hey, can we talk about that 450 LCQ with pipes and Ray and <laughs> Archer? Archer, four guys going into a turn at once, and <laughs> pipes comes in for the clean out, but cleans himself out and takes out <laughs> the other guys. That's awesome. That was a good battle. Definitely interesting. Um, and hey, how about that? I kept waiting. Um, uh, actually, I thought I was telling my wife that I thought Phil was going to hole shot the main event, 450 main event, because that outside gate and the sweeping in, I mean, it was the ultimate roll the dice move, but it was working. Like Archer did it, but then he went down, and a couple other guys, you could sweep that turn and come in pretty hot, 
And I thought that that would, with Phil's bike and you know his starting skills, I'm like, I think Phil's going to pull this off from 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 four outside the gate. Yeah, I just I don't know because I think Shorty was too far inside and Shorty would push wide there. Right. So it kind of closed that off. Um, if you didn't have Shorty and Dungeon, those guys and Brayton too on those KTM, the KTM just seem like they have such an advantage on the start right now. Mm-hmm. So for for Phil to be so far outside of them, that it seems like they could just push him, you know, okay. kind of control him and push him into the bales, and he wouldn't be able to get there. All right. Did you guys see Denny Stevenson at all? I did. And uh, he was Denny. <laughs> Denny was Denny's being Denny. Denny was being Denny. <laughs> Adam Carolla's got a good thing about people who say that when, when you just say, ah, Bob's Bob. Yep. <laughs> well, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to incriminate Denny. I'm going to put anything on uh, yeah. record. But, so. Yeah, good to see Denny Stevenson. Yep. Uh, hopefully he'll make three on three this week, Weege. Uh He said, I was the one that got in the pass. I seem to have this, I seem to have this recurring theme of, I get the pass for people that then cause problems. <laughs> um, but he said uh, he would he plan on doing a lot of stuff, but I haven't heard a word from him since, so I'm not sure that he's actually going to come through. Uh, you guys see RJ? RJ was honored, I guess, by somebody or something again? Did you guys? Yeah, sorry, I did see RJ a couple times. Okay. Yep. How, how's RJ? RJ's good. RJ's RJ. RJ. Yeah, RJ's RJ. <laughs> I feel like we just weed, man. What I feel like with RJ now, and I think you could even hear it on your podcast there with Stanton. I, I think we all know that RJ likes to talk about RJ. RJ is RJ, and RJ being RJ is talking about RJ, right? <laughs> right. But I think RJ is smart enough to know that everyone knows this about RJ. So I feel like now he's really feels bad and is trying to compensate and try to and try to be modest. Mm-hmm. And it's almost so far the other direction right it's like oh come on now bro yeah um, yeah that, that's what i get out of him now he's trying really hard to not be like yeah i'm rj here i am <laughs> bad dude though he's a bad dude he is yeah but now he can't say what when we did the uh, straight rhythm thing together at the end of the show he's like at, he signs off he's like and i got to work with one of my heroes jason wygant i'm like oh come on dude. now you're going <laughs> that's like going too far right, that, right now you're going too far in the modesty and then I saw him in the track walk. I'm like, whoa. And he's like, what do you mean, whoa? I'm just, I'm just hanging out. And I'm like, you got big credentials. And he's like, same, same credentials everybody else has. And he shows me like his you know, uh, hard part. RJ, come on. You're RJ, bro. It's okay. I'll tell you what. On that podcast, he was, it was so easy to line up. And sometimes he, he can be hard to get a hold of and hard to get back to. And he was all about doing that. So good, good for RJ. Yeah, but again, on that podcast, could he have – could he have given Stanton no. any more love? No, no, not possible. No. no. That's what I'm saying. I that, feel like he's felt like he has to overcompensate and, now I, and I, like I, I, measure every word know, to make sure there's no ego. It was the same thing when I had Stanton and Bale on together, and Stanton couldn't have been any nicer to Bale. And I'm like, listen, you two hated each other. I mean, you don't need to, to mother-eff each other right now 20 years later on a podcast, but can you at least admit you didn't like each other? Can you at least admit that? No. No? Okay. All right. You know? <laughs> I so. think the fundamental question you have to ask the next time you get one of those lined up is, it's like, now you're getting the real them, like the regular human being them. It's like you have to ask how much, do, and Stan has admitted that he was a totally different person yeah. you know, during those five years. So I think that's the difference. Like, of course they can feel that way about each other now. They're not going to mean mug each other right. at 45 years old. 
but that's not who they were then. So it's just because they get along well now, they're like forgetting, yeah, but when I was 22 years old and there were millions of dollars in the line, I freaking hated his ass. Yeah. But that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the GP real quick before we wrap up. Uh, Ryan Villapoto is over the GPs. Went 4-4 this weekend. Jason Thomas, do I need to reach for a panic button? Do I need to cue it up even? Not yet. No? Nothing? No, not yet. Okay. Too early. Are you a little worried or no? Are you uh, a little? I'm not worried. I, he, see, he can see the lead. I mean, the lead's right there. Yeah, in that second uh, moto anyways, they were right yeah, there. No, yeah, no, I mean, it's not like they're just running away and leaving him, but I, I just... Well, hold on, hold on. Max, Nag- Max Nagel caught him, passed him, and left him in that first moto. Yeah, I, I have more questions than answers. Okay. Uh, I just, I wish I was there every day to see if he was doing the same things that he used to do. You know, I, those, those are the things I wonder. Is he on the same program? Is the discipline the same? Is he, you know... Because there, before there were no days off. You know, it was work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. Alden had these guys built like robots. What you see out of Dungey now is what you used to see out of RV. So I, that's what I more wonder. Is it the same RV? You know, that, and I don't know. I don't know. You know, he's been kind of on it, off on his own, doing his own thing. So, well, he's still working with Alden. He's still doing or still. On, I know, yeah, but yeah. it's not the same. Right, not right. Same. Okay. Weege, what's your thoughts uh, three races in? Yeah, it's similar. I mean, there was a telling comment. I talked to Alden right before, I guess, what, was Atlanta 1? Was that the GP? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, he said, yeah, I just talked to him before we went over there. Everything's good. But he did let on that, you know, he's not doing as much as he did here. Like, there's, you, you can't. It, I don't even know if it's possible to even have that level of structure. Um, well, with, tra- with the travel and everything and all that, like the, and, for those and just guys. having your own track in, in right. your backyard, right. you know, right. um, I don't think you can replicate what those guys have got down to a science down here. Uh, the weather, everything. So, um, I, I'm not saying that this means that Villapoto is lazy, but I don't think right. the effort's quite the same. But I don't want to say too much because that's going to be construed as an excuse. I mean, whatever you got to prepare as best you can. If he ends up not being in good enough shape to win the title, that's on him. I'm not giving him an excuse. The other riders don't have tracks in florida that you know desal doesn't have a track in florida either he's did you did you guys watch the race i did like watch yeah. every lap yeah no i didn't watch every lap of the first moto no did you see the lines that Villapoto was taking it's going wide huh he, he was, was adding, a lot of i bet he that, added yeah. a half a mile to that race yeah. by how far outside he was going everywhere i mean it was really really frustrating to me to watch and right. i it I would, well, I would love if you guys ask, if you see any riders that watch that race, ask them about it. Because I was like, where are you going? <laughs> I mean, he was literally adding 20 to 30 feet in every turn of track. And you could see Cairoli especially would just yard him every time he did it. I don't know. I, I don't know if he needs, you know, I'm sure he'll watch the race. And I would hope someone will point that out to him. Mm-hmm. Because it's hard to figure out why you're out there. You know, you're hitting your lines and you're doing what you think you're, is the fast line. Uh, and if you're not really paying attention, you won't see where Carole is going or how it's affecting, you know, right. the lap times. But man, it was obvious to me. I was just, I was almost ready to scream at the TV, like, "Go inside!" Well, he is a berm hunter, you know. That's the way he but there rides. Were berms. It wasn't. Yeah, no. that he was avoiding berms. He was just kind of sweeping around all the bumps everywhere. But it was just too wide, right. too far outside. I think it's a surprise right now, three races in, at how poorly he's doing. Now, poorly in quotations. He's still right there, you know. He's, what, uh, 16 back or something of DeSalle? Um, 
I just thought he'd be better. I, I, I did not picture Van Horbeek caught him in that second moto a little bit. I didn't picture Max Nagel catching and passing him. Now, if you want to flip it around on the positive side, Nagel's been hurt just about every year. DeSalle's been hurt a lot in the last two, three years, and those are two guys that are beating him right now. So if he can just keep going up, those guys' history says that they have a hard time staying healthy. But I don't think there's anything to worry about yet. Way too early, and he's way too relevant as far you know he he's already won around. We're three in, and he's he's one for three. You know, so it's mm-hmm. not. I don't think it's anywhere near any sort of panic at all. Okay. So I just think he uh, maybe underestimated these guys a bit, mm-hmm. and that's completely my opinion. I haven't talked to him. Right. I don't know. I'm just saying I I would think maybe he underestimated them a bit. Mm-hmm. It will be interesting to see as we move on because their this their season is so spread out. You know, they don't finish their GP season until September. So it'll be interesting to see how he changes his workload because they have time off, they have weekends off, so they can actually improve. You know, will he be like, oh, hell no, I'm not going out like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going back to crazy balls training schedule. And in a couple months, will we see a different guy? Right. That that would be interesting to me to see how that all goes. Or he's just like, ah, whatever, I'll, I'll pull it together here. And, you know, he kind of just muddles around with these guys the rest of the summer. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it stand to reason in a way that, like you said, JT, he, he won one, and he could see them. He was kind of in the hunt this weekend. Mm-hmm. You would think he has more room to grow. Like, just for example, uh, this weekend, Mike Williamson told me they have to pack their own starting gate. He'd never done it before in his life. There's got to be still a lot of things that he is still learning. The other guys obviously know. So I'd have to think if anyone has a chance to improve, it should be him just because there still has to be a lot of things that are new to him. Oh, I, I completely agree with that. I think he, it's a continuous learning process for him right now. Uh, just the, the international travel, you know, sure, he's raced as nations and he's raced all these things, but these, this is business as usual for these guys. Not training, for, not training and riding for days at a time leading up to a race. All these things, RV's never done stuff like that. You know, he's ridden every day leading up to a race. He hops on a plane, rides the next day at the race, hops on a plane, starts riding again as soon as he gets home, you know, and over and over and over and over. Uh, not hop on a plane, fly for 12 hours, hang out, jet lag. You know, they're at a lakefront hotel for a couple of days sightseeing, then they go race. You know, it's, it's just a completely different race environment and race situation for him. But he'll adapt. You know, he's coming around. It's just, uh, I think he's probably frustrated that he's not better than he is so far. Also, too, like I wonder, and again, I'm not there, I haven't talked to him, don't know anything, but like he's got to realize you can't go balls out every time you hit the track. You'll be yep. worn out by the time the motos come, you know? Yep, I agree. Um, and you I, can see it. You can see it in the motos. He doesn't look fresh at the end. So, like, those guys, they cruise, man. They know that, this, yeah. that they need a you know, top five time, top five, depending on the starting gate, look how the starting gate goes. Normally they're, you know, pretty biased towards the insides. And the warm-up on Sunday, they cruise on warm-up on Sunday. These dudes have it down. They hit the track a lot. They hit the track uh, one, two, three, four, four times before you hit the motos. So, and he'll learn. He'll learn that. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's something he'll get better at. Absolutely. Um, Weege, did you run into Stu? No, I missed him. Missed Stu. Bummed. Uh, Hashed it out with Mike Webb about my choked lockup. Oh, did you did you talk about that with him? What, what, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. I'm like, oh, so I heard Mathis told you about my lockup. He's like, yeah, that was hilarious. I'm like, did you notice yourself that I choked when I saw Stu? He's like, no, I didn't notice. I'm like, that made me feel better. I'm like, am I on the good list still? And he's like, yep, we'd even said, we'd like to do an interview next time he saw you. And he said, that's fine. Yeah. Still on the good list. Okay. 
There was a lot to talk about this weekend because, as you noticed, the ghost of James Stewart has now become a living, breathing they, um, body again. I couldn't believe they brought him up on the show. They, they did a little thing with him, a little interview. Yeah, and well, um, I don't want to get too far into it, but that was uh, that didn't just happen. Let's put it that way. Well, of course it didn't just happen. Well, I mean, there was some pressure applied. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous the way they've been doing this. It's, it, you know, yeah, and I, some people noticed it was ridiculous, and they spoke out, and they're like, "Okay, we'll do, we'll, we'll, yeah." Well, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's people were people were giving me credit for it on Twitter, and I I was like, no 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 no, you don't understand. These things are not. They don't listen to some janky show and go on and on about it. But I was saying no. about there the, is a uh, there is a manufacturer though that puts commercials on that TV show. If you've noticed though, yeah yeah, I mean they it's, they do have some clout. I don't understand why. And honestly, I would pipe in an interview with RV at some point. I would if I'm the producer. If I'm the guys, I'm like, hey, our four time champion. Let's check in with him and. Hey, RV, have you been watching the Supercar Series? What do you think? You know, like, do something like that. Do a Skype interview. And, Is that uh, like a cigar bar with Longo? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wearing a smoking jacket. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, wearing, like, a T-shirt that says Europe is for lovers or something, or Europe is for champions. <laughs> I heart Madrid. <laughs> right. But, you know, honestly, like, why are we so ashamed of what these guys are doing or whatever? They're great champions. They're great racers. They sold a lot of tickets. Uh, they have, well, they, they, you just hit the nail on the head. You said that the tickets were. This is what I believe, and I don't have an authority from anyone, but I've worked for those guys, and we've all been around them a long time, the, 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 sell the producers of Supercross. I think their basic philosophy is, why are we going to let people know that there are other great superstars that are not here? We're, we are promoting the people that are here. We want people to buy tickets knowing that they're watching the best riders and the best racing in the world. If you're not racing... You're not getting mentioned. That only makes the product not look top shelf. And I think that's the basic philosophy. That's ridiculous. Well, it is ridiculous, oh, yeah. yeah. And honestly, right. they've moved beyond the world of just a ticket-selling organization. They have a live television show, and ratings are what rules the world mm-hmm. if you want to be a big-time sport. And had they had said last week, we'll have an exclusive with James Stewart, you know more people would have watched the race yeah, in no. St. Louis. Yeah, no, or they, we'll have an exclusive with um, Ron Villapoto next week. In my opinion, no more people would watch Houston. They yeah, need to start working in that direction. In my opinion, they've been they've been in stuck in 1970s sell tickets mode for way too long. It's not where we're going anymore. We're going on ratings. We're going on TV shows. We're going on social yeah. media. We're going on uh, you know let people uh, put stuff on YouTube. You know that kind of stuff. Give it away. Give your product away to create yep. a bigger bigger interest. That's what everybody's doing now, except for those guys. In my yeah and. Mm-hmm. It goes in two directions. Not only is, yeah, more stuff than just selling the tickets at the individual stadiums important, but because of those things, what are you even hiding? What's the point? Right. You can't hide it anyway. Everyone knows. Yeah. So you're not gaining anything by no. pretending yeah. James Stewart doesn't exist. Yeah, this is a 19... still know he exists. <laughs> this isn't 1970 where you only got a cycle news every week. Like, right. Where people are like, oh, where's Villapoto? What's happening? <laughs> right. Yeah. So you're not accomplishing anything, so right. you might as well just play ball. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. Well, it's, it was good. It was props to those guys for finally doing something. It's 13 weeks in. But, uh, hey, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's because, it's, you know well, what? J- James is coming back next year, and he's going to be The appeal is tomorrow. Do we have any predictions? I heard it was today. Suzuki guys told me today, but maybe that's a time okay. zone thing. Um, yeah. Um, well, by the I way, I would say J- I th- my personal prediction is he, we'll see him at Hangtown. James, wow. re- James reached out to me last week and said, hey, let's do a podcast. And I'm like, okay. He's like, all right, Tuesday or Wednesday. And I'm like, all right, no problem. Just let me know. And then uh, radio silence. So I don't know. Um, 
I don't know what what the deal was. I want to really get into a little bit with what he's been doing. Like, how hard is it, JT? You are you're the racer. Although I I did win four Manitoba titles. Um, how hard would it be to James to be like get up at nine and go and pound laps when there's nothing to look forward to? Like that's got to be tough. I think he's coming back. I think he's <laughs> okay. going to get cleared uh, today or tomorrow, whenever it is. Right. Uh, he'll be out there. I think he's. I think that's why uh, we've seen. If we're going to do predi- predictions, I'm going to say no. But the people that I've talked to said that he's already been notified that get yourself ready. Oh, okay. All right. Well, see, the, so wow. you can't you can't ask that question, JT, with inside knowledge. Well, I don't. That's not confirmed. I well, didn't talk to Wolfgang. Oh, you didn't. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you get him on the show, Steve. Yeah. Well, we had Giuseppe. We we try to get oh, Giuseppe we again. Yeah. We did have Giuseppe. He was on pulp. He was on pulp. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Let's uh, BTOSports.com. Racer X Podcast, St. Louis wrap-up uh, with Jason Thomas and Jason Wygant. Thanks to you two guys. Hey, we're off uh, this week. Fantastic. I've been off for two other weeks, too. <laughs> yeah, speak for yourself. <laughs> but uh, so we probably, uh, maybe we'll do a, a, a one these next week, a bench racing one. I don't know. Maybe not. But uh, always Judging a fun Judging by t- your enthusiasm for this one where there actually even was a race, I'm not counting on that. <laughs> I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather talk about Stanton and RJ right now and, <laughs> you know. Uh, Timmy Ferry and that kind of stuff because I don't know. It's it I, maybe it's just because I'm not there, but to me right now, I I just I look for storylines. I'm looking for things, and I'm just. I mean, I, I guess Pike. I really want to see Pike and get on the podium. That'd be phenomenal. You know, that's a story. But uh, gee whiz, yeah, I thought Millsaps might be in the mix to get one of these, but it wasn't a good one for him. He's kind of plateaued at another. He's gone. He's better than he was at the beginning of the year, but he's like plateaued again. Well, and in Houston, we have Barsha and Roxon coming back. That will be exciting. That'll be interesting yeah, to see how. That'll be good. You know, hopefully, if Phil gets his way, Barsha will be back. If Phil gets his way, he'll be on the couch. <laughs> Barsha will be back. Hey, so. they calculated Phil, who is not supposed to race any Supercross, has raced more than any of the guys on the team. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I guess so, right? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. <laughs> right, and last year he got into half of the races, so. Um, all right, guys, thanks very much. Appreciate it, and we'll talk soon. All right, see you. All see right. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw.
it got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride and you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years go by.